0: We're live. We're
1: live, but I'm not here.
0: It's Yeah, it needs to catch up with itself.
1: So we're live right now? Yeah. Oh, gosh. There's a delay in the camera. It looks like I'm not even in the camera yet. Um, So thank you for joining us. I am Lori, and I am so happy to um, have this person with me today. You know, any coffee company uh, is really only as good as their master roaster. Is that even the correct term? Like we said, roast know. master.
0: I head roaster on the thing. I don't like that.
1: Because <laughs> a roast master, what I looked at, is actually um, when you're roasting somebody. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: no. It's the person who MCs the event. And, I mean, I'm not going to roast you. <laughs> well, maybe. Not hard. We no. do roast each other quite a bit here. But, um, so I'm going to say master roaster because it sounds very professional, but Logan is our master roaster here at Coffee Beanery, and we are just so blessed that he is passionate about coffee and just the process. Um, him and his sister went to Europe a few years ago now, and yeah. he w- visited all the roasters while he was there and, you know, gets into the roaster talk and... Um, we're just really lucky to have some with his passion. So he's going to share today um, some of the roasting that we do, just some of the different kinds of beans, you know, a blend versus single origin. We're going to talk a little bit about what um, organic really means. We get that question a lot. Even my mom, uh, a couple weeks ago, was like, they want organic coffee. What is that? <laughs> so we had a long discussion. So, um, So let's start out and just really talk about the different kinds of beans. Because that's that's kind of where you start, is we only use Arabica, Arabica, it's kind of tomato, tomato, whichever way you want to say, or do you think there's a correct way?
0: No, Arabica and Robusta.
1: Okay, so um, talk we, to us a little bit about the difference of them.
0: Um, so basically, uh, Robusta is going to be like the cheapest commodity coffee that you can buy. It has more caffeine. But there, like twice
1: the caffeine. Yeah,
0: there are some negative qualities to it. Like, for example, are um, There's somebody
1: crawling in on the floor to avoid the camera. I think it's pretty funny.
0: Um, so, it tends to taste like rubber sometimes, or like it can get a little plasticky. Um, so we don't really use it.
1: Oh, good morning, Christine. <laughs> um, is this Robusta?
0: Yeah, so this okay, one over this here is going to be Like, if you stuff. get
1: coffee that looks like this, and maybe we'll put some pictures, of, some close-up pictures of it. Um, it's not uniform. It's obviously got so many defects, different coloration. Yeah, it,
0: it also tends to not be green. And it's more hair. of like a brownish, <laughs> off-green color. Um, and the beans are, are really, yeah. really small. Um, so it's just a poor quality coffee. Usually the bigger the beans and the more consistent they are, Yeah, uh, consistency is a big
1: key. And so let's back up. I know we talked a little bit about, so coffee beans are actually the seed of a coffee cherry. And we talked a little bit about that last week. So these are actually the seeds of a cherry. There's usually two. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there is one, which is called a pea berry. And um, most pea berries are junk and used as filler, but there are some very good. There are some really good ones. Yeah, some of the
0: best coffees in the world are pea berries. We've (laughs) had
1: some very good pea berries. Um, That's maybe something we can bring in as a special is a good pea berry. Um, But, yes, you can really tell the Arabica. So Arabica is half the caffeine. It's half the yield. So in trees, you get half as much. Um, It's much more susceptible to the weather and environment. Um, so robust is hardier, but we use arabica, arabica beans, yep. and then specially grade. Talk a little bit about specialty grade.
0: Yeah, so realistically, out of all of the uh, arabica coffees, only about ten percent is considered specialty grade, um, and that's the coffee that we buy. Um, you can buy lower qualities of it, and it's you can get some prices that are closer to robust, but we only use the top. To 10% of coffee is grown in the entire world, and that's really important to us just because the flavor, um, there's such a big difference there. And then we're also supporting farms that we like that use good processes and grow really good crops, so we care a lot about well, that. Well, yeah,
1: we really care a lot about quality, and, and with, we see coffee prices going up, and coffee is a commodity. It's subject to, um, right now, a lot of weather and supply chain issues. Um and they're on different commodities, I believe. Robusta and and then specialty coffees are in different markets, but and yeah. um, we never compromise quality. Nope. So, um,
0: I'm actually going to show you guys a little close up too of some green coffee right here, so you guys can get a closer look. This is some of the coffee that we use here. Um, And it is genuinely green until it's roasted, which is pretty cool. And we
1: bring it in from all over.
0: Yeah, like these bags right here are from Columbia. Um, Those are just going into our roasters. So I figured I'd just show you, like, what kind of bags are coming and what it looks like up close.
1: And the bags are pretty cool. I know we used to sell them online. I don't know if we still do, but um, people would make crafts. I mean, really cool inventive things, like little... um, Satchels and stuff out of yeah. I am not crafty. <laughs> this is not happening. I'm like kindergarten craft. That's it. Um, okay, so while we're talking, I mean, one of our most asked questions is about organic coffee. Yeah. Um, is our coffee certified organic? Do we certify it organic? Because there's a lot of different things. Like um, one of our coffees we get in, it is certified organic, but we can't cert- say it's certified organic because we don't pay. Yeah. for a certification to be organic. So let's talk about where this coffee's grown and why organic's an interesting term.
0: Yeah, so uh, the coffee that we get that is organic is our Guatemalan. Um, so the farm is organic. Uh, they don't use any pesticides or anything but then for us to put it on our bag they actually just charge us money essentially
1: like 40 to 150,000 yeah, dollars a year i mean on it's how much not a small amount through. and the pro- here's my thing with organic coffee um because obviously we want to help people in coffee growing regions um we visited a lot of the farms you know the, the people um you know need to get a fair price for their coffee. We absolutely, you know, want to pay a fair price for the coffee. The problem is that in the organic, the person, this is my personal opinion, the people that benefit most are the people that are certified organic. So the smaller farmers have a very difficult time paying that premium price to be certified organic. Then, because not only they have to pay it, but then on the other end, we have to pay it to sell it, even though it comes in certified. And then you have to, much like kosher, all our coffee is kosher prov. We do have a rabbi come in. Um, and what do you think the rabbi comes in does does? I have no
0: idea. <laughs> no, he told me earlier. Really, He's like, they come in
1: and bless the coffee. That's what I thought too. I thought a rabbi came in, like bless the coffee, which was really cool. I was really excited about that. But I've met with our rabbi, who's wonderful, Um, and he really just looks at our processes and makes sure that they're uh, kosher and and that they make sense. So all of our coffee, um, we used to have two that were kosher kosher dairy, and those are now kosher perev. So all of our coffee is kosher perev, so we're really excited about that. Um, But so much like kosher coffee, organic has to be treated differently and cleaned between everything. So it's just a logistic thing. But the real crux to me is when you look at where coffee's grown, the coffee that we buy is not on these fields, it's high up in mountains. Like you say, oh, coffee grows at high altitudes. Yeah, on the side of mountains. Like I went there and people are picking the coffee like on the side of the mountain. I would die. I mean,
0: yeah, in J- it's no joke. In Jamaica, they literally have to belay people up with ropes up the sides of mountains to even get to the coffee.
1: So logistically, <laughs> when you think through that, it's grown up the side of mountains. Nobody's like, oh, let me put some, fr- some chemicals on my back and go, like, yeah. spritz it out. So I'm going to say with very good confidence, most coffee that's grown in those regions is... Fertilizer free or, or, or chemical pesticide free. free, pesticide free. Yeah. Not, of course, every new fertilizer, lots of great natural fertilizers. Um, so we just have a difficult time giving to an industry that's not really helping us or them. It's kind of the middle person that's really making it's a lot of money. It's collecting
0: money, money for putting a sticker on things. Now,
1: if you're buying Colombian coffee, that might be something that you're a little more interested in when they're growing it flat in fields, you know, and they can take a helicopter over and pour the pot you know, that should probably be a, a little bit more concern to you. Um, but going up in the mountains in these regions. Yeah. So really long explanation. I mean, do what you think is right. I mean, if that's really important to you, I love organic things in some contexts. So, and if it were benefiting the farm if it was a direct relationship yeah. more that would probably be better um I can't read uh. I can't see that far so
0: <laughs> it's Britain how long, how long does, long does it take to, take to roast a batch of coffee? we're gonna get there. we're getting to roasting we're right now there.
1: <laughs> okay so Logan tell us a little bit about the little roaster
0: um so the main thing that I roast on is actually a 12 kilo roaster um it's mainly just for our single origin coffees the coffees that are a little bit more expensive and then for like doing testing and other things like that um
1: so we're really known for our flavor coffees but we have amazing straight cop like that helps. I'm gonna shake it at you. Um, straight coffees as well. Um, we've got great single origin, which to explain what single origin means.
0: Yeah, so single origin just means it's not a blend of coffees, it's a coffee that comes from a specific country, region, and farm. Um, so, like, we have uh, Kenya, AA. Uh, which is just a Kenyan coffee. We have Costa Rican Terrazu, which is from the Terrazu region. And then we've Costa got a Rica. Lamanita,
1: which is my favorite coffee, which yeah. is um, also from the Lamanita Farms. So, so we've got two Costa Rican coffees.
0: Uh, it's really good to think about it. It's like good comparison to wine. Like, instead of blending all of these different flavors together, you're just kind of, like, looking to accentuate the good flavors that are from that one region, from that one And the roasting
1: process might be different, but you are, just like wine, like, that crop is that crop. So, there's not a lot you can, you know, if that crop is extra, um, not dry extra citrusy or has a really heavy fruity flavor or something that's just it that's that crop we can adjust the roasting process for the moisture content which we're going to talk about but the flavor profile is what it is yeah but i think a lot of people don't know how important it is to blend coffees i mean blending coffees is an art form we think of blends like oh you're just throwing all the leftover stuff in like a casserole (laughs) but that's not it at all like blends are actually pretty tricky to do
0: yeah no so blends are really hard because it's hard to find things that balance each other out well especially when there's like we get lots of coffee all the time that are changing all the time. And So we have the to profiles keep,
1: are changing all the time, and you're trying to keep that yeah. one profile similar.
0: Yeah, so we're trying to match different coffees and different lots together to keep the same profile at all times, which can be difficult.
1: And we'll Mocha Java is two different coffees. Yeah,
0: that's a blend of Indonesian and Ethiopian. That's actually the Mocha Java
1: is a very good. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: the oldest blend to exist in the entire world, actually. And I
1: think that one is under bought is our espresso. Because people yeah. think it's only for espresso, it's actually a fabulous coffee. I mean, it's perfect for um, espresso, perfecto. Obviously, it's perfect for espresso, yeah. but it, it is also um, that. So, so why do you um, roast on a smaller roaster? So our, our straights, not all of our coffee. Obviously, we'd never be able to produce it all.
0: What's really important to me about the straight coffees is the freshness. So I small batch roast everything and keep.
1: All the straight, coffees. like
0: a really low stock, uh, just because I can roast at any time. So it's important for me that it gets to you guys within, you know, two or three weeks so you're getting the freshest coffee that you can get. Um, it just tastes a lot better that way.
1: And you can maintain the profiles, and I I will say now that we don't put them on the big roaster, we put them on the smaller roaster, we sell so much more because I think that the coffee is just that much better. Um, And then we've got our specialty, Hawaiian and Jamaican, which are, you know, are really um, like gold coffees, and these are really cool because they are 100%, 100% Jamaican, 100% Hawaiian Kona, which is really hard to find, and you get them in a cute little velvet bag, so I love that. Um. So, so we do all of our single origins on our small roaster. We also have a really small test roaster upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Because, well, tell us a little bit about the QC process.
0: Uh. So based, Quality control. Sorry. Basically, Quality control. we'll start at the beginning. Uh, when the coffee's green, I called something a lot earlier. A lot is 200 bags of coffee. Um. So, each time you get a different lot, it's from a different area of the farm, and the flavor profile will be different so each time it can be
1: a different time of year too like a different harvest as well
0: yeah um so when we get new lots in i uh take them and i test the moisture content of them to make sure they didn't get too dry in the warehouse there's not too much moisture in them because that affects the way that we're going to roast them
1: and the quality like if it's too yeah. out of the parameters, we we just can't use it like yeah. we need to send it back And yes, yeah, not a lot for us.
0: No moisture left It just means the coffee got old so we would just send it back and not use it It's really important to keep testing these things constantly so that we do know When the coffee's getting old because we don't want to send anything out to you guys that doesn't taste perfect um, so After I test the green coffee, every single day um, on our big roaster, we take samples of each of the roasts. Then we take those into my quality control lab and we actually measure the color of the outside and the inside of the bean. Um, And that's really important because if the inside isn't a little bit lighter than the outside, um, it's going to taste baked and it kind of just tastes like stale baked bread, which no one wants to drink. And if it's too light, it's going to be really acidic and no one wants that either. So that's just a way for us to track every single roast we do. And make sure that it's good enough to go out to you guys. And
1: it was really interesting because forever we've done the outside color with the Agtron reading and and kept track of that and kept those in our parameters. We have them for each coffee. But Logan really brought new technology to us, and that's why I love having um, you know a younger generation too. Um, that like he talked about the inside. It was like the whole cooking process. Like you can get a pie or and it can look brown on that. Outside and then the inside is just mush, you know, so it really was keeping track of the whole process and we do that in a very small test roaster upstairs. How much is that? Is it like
0: It's a, uh, one a, pound, pound. Yeah. a
1: little one pound roaster and then we can actually replicate that process. Um, down to our big roaster. So that was a really uh, fascinating thing that Logan brought with us um, after he went through roasting school. I mean, there are roasting schools. It's really interesting. Um, you go through roasting school and, and do some projects, and, and I think they're networking with other roasters is yeah. really important. Have you ever tried to hire a roaster? I have. <laughs> <laughs> it does not feel like I'm a barista. Okay.
0: So uh, another cool thing we did with the quality of our coffee is – uh, so we've had the same roaster since the 90s.
1: Well, I, it's, I call her Betsy. Yeah. Um, she's super cool. Um, we got her in the, she's from World War II, and there's only two of them um, in the whole world. Oh, that's blind shit should probably be shut. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a technical difficulty and Logan's going to go shut the blind. Um, so um, since World War II, and we were really lucky to have it because our actually our Swiss water process, how we decaffeinate our coffee, gave it to us. Um, roasters are a, a million and a half, two million yeah. dollars. They're very expensive. We were a, a young company and they sent it to us. The problem is it's German. And nobody here knows German, so their instruction, everything was in German. So I guess it was prior to my time, they put it in the parking lot, and it looked like an airplane crash site kind of, and they had to figure out how to put it together. Um, but really cool part of history because there's only two that we know of in the whole world of these kind of roasters. That are
0: still operational. And
1: one, I thought, well, I thought ours was the only operational one. So it was really cool, and we loved it, and then um, it got a wobble.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah basically um it's just so worn down and it's impossible to get parts for um so we started looking into new getting a and new it takes roaster. six months
1: to fabricate the parts is the the problem because yeah. henrik came and we bought a whole new inside and he came here and he's like oh so you're fine with not having a roaster for six months huh and he's like, well, because if I take it apart and there's any problems, it's gonna take six months to fabricate that part. I'm like, yeah, don't touch, don't touch anything. But the cool news is, our person we got our new roaster from is gonna take this, refab it for somebody else, and so somebody else will get to reuse it. And that, I love that. Yeah. Betsy will go on.
0: So about. So talk
1: to our new roaster.
0: Yeah, about a year who ago. Who I call Thomas. <laughs> um, we got a new roaster. I'm gonna show you a little video of it quick um basically we were just having so many problems with the old one um we needed see it looks
1: like thomas the tank engine (laughs) if you saw that that's why it's called thomas sorry didn't mean to interrupt
0: um basically it's just
1: up to date i mean yeah
0: and what was really important to me is so they tried to automate a lot of the features of the old roaster and that's not something i like Like, I like to have a bunch of information and make the roaster have to make changes uh, for, like, gas pressure or the drum speed or anything, any variable that you can change on the roaster. I want it to be manual and be paid attention to constantly i think it's just going to bring better quality to you guys
1: oh absolutely and and the really important part to us is you know we are a small family company and especially with supply chain issues we've we've been open every day during covid i mean we're just so blessed to have such a great team of people that just whatever it takes um to keep going and um i forgot where i was going (laughs) I get lost in the memories of that, um, but we're just really lucky to to have it and not to be able to still keep producing um, quality coffee, but we can't, we don't have another roaster, so if, if something does happen on this new roaster, we're in Michigan, I mean, we've got plants everywhere, so we can get um, parts refabbed in a matter of days, yeah. so that's really important to us to be able to um, do that. and. Um, and some of the safety features are obviously upgraded. I mean, we had there's magnet, cause coffee can come in and, and there can be, you know, sticks and different there things is, in it. There is sticks and, and
0: stones and nails. And there's
1: and a, they stuff. drop out and there's magnets. And so it helps. I go through with the health department every time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they were really happy with our new roaster. Um, so just to explain a little more about roasting too. So uh, that big roaster is a 240 kilogram which means we put about four hundred-ish pounds of coffee in it at a time and by the time it gets done it's about three hundred and fifty pounds of coffee and we can do more or less by a little bit um... it takes about fifteen to seventeen minutes to do a roast on the big roaster sometimes twenty if we're doing something like really dark and that's it. So every single twenty minutes, essentially, we're putting out three hundred and fifty pounds of coffee for eight hours a day.
1: And the really cool thing is that we do. We've got a right roast process, so it's not like a lot of big companies where they're just Colombian. It's going to be you know fifteen minutes at this temperature, and that's just yep. it. That's the way they do it all the time. Um, so it it really is. Um,
0: yeah, it's really cool that we're at, There's a
1: lot of artistry, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. And and this, like Logan's talking about, it's not so automatic that the controls aren't there.
0: Yeah, that's why I wanted to keep it manual. And it's a little bit harder to run and it takes more time to teach someone. But the quality coming out of it is always going to be better than just doing automatic and doing each row the same every single time.
1: And that's where our quality controls, you know... Uh, Things on the other end are really important because I mean nobody's perfect So we just need to make sure that the coffee tastes amazing for everybody here Um, I hope that you guys liked this. We we do have some amazing coffees. I do want to Introduce something that I think would be fun if you're really into coffee, and I'm talking straight coffees um, And you know to be honest like I'm gonna just put it to wine like I thought I hated wine Um, I I found out I just hate the wine my husband drinks. Like we have opposite wine tastes. We finally went on a wine tasting tour, and there were co- there were wines that I just love. Well, I like a sweet. I you know I like I don't like dry and the stuff that my husband drinks. Um, so I always thought I didn't like wine, but I do love wine. I just like my wine. And so what we want to offer is a virtual coffee tasting. Um, You'll pay for it. I'm not even sure how much yet. Not very much. But it will send you samples and we'll do a virtual experience and actually do a coffee tasting together. So you can like taste the different notes just like you would with wine. Um, And I think this would be a really fun experience if you eat. And even if you're like, I only like my blueberry cobbler. It's really interesting, even though I don't drink that coffee every day, to be able to tell the different notes. And um, so I think it would be a fun experience. So if you are interested in doing something like that, put your name um, in the comments that you'd be interested in a tasting experience. We'll probably limit it to like 12 people. We want it to really be an interactive, engaging experience. And um, we'll send you some information when we get a cost and we'll just send you the coffees. You can prepare them and uh, we'll figure out the logistics of it. And then we'll go through each coffee and you can do a virtual tasting with this guy. (laughs) Um, And uh, thank you, Logan, who is our, I'm going to say, master roaster or head roaster here at Coffee Beanery um, for taking the time to share with us. If you have any questions, let us know because we can always have them on again to um, answer your questions. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.